Please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey. Broad Street Hockey Radio, that's right, BSH Radio, my name is Bill Matz, I'm your director of fun and games for the evening, what a trade day, what a trade deadline it was, fam, just, ah, if you were hoping that this team was just all in on the rebuild, boy are you disappointed, but really, how can you be disappointed in something that you had to see coming, we're gonna talk about that and more, let's get right into it, let's start it off with the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. I'm going to do this now so I don't forget later. April 9th, in between the Phillies 1 p.m. game and the Flyers 6 p.m. game against the Bruins, we will be doing a tailgate in a parking lot to be named later. Um, I'll be there. Steph will be there. Steve will be there. Possibly Bill Matz. Possibly other of your friends from Broad Street Hockey. Um, it's being sponsored by our friends at Clear Rum. They are going to be there selling their cocktails. We'll have some giveaways from the Flyers. Uh, Dylan, who cooks meats for Eagles tailgates, will be there cooking meats. So it's it'll be a really fun time. It is Easter Sunday, but there are two sporting events that I'm assuming people will go to. So if you're going to either one of those games, we would love to see you. Stay tuned for details on BroadStreetHockey.com. Thank you. I uh... I think Easter is like... The lesser of the holidays, even though Easter candy is top tier. Easter candy is top tier as far as candy goes. Um, it's, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel like unless you're super religious, it's not like a very... It, like, it is funny because if you are of that religion, it is like the basis of the whole faith. But still... It's the big boy. Still, it ain't no Christmas. You know, like in terms of holiday celebration, it's no Christmas. I'm resisting right. the urge to offend uh, I know, I really, people by referring please. to it by the resurrection of Broad Street Hockey. <laughs> <laughs> we are which coming we, out of the cave. Which folks. we should which we should absolutely do. Uh because it's uh, us yeah. and Jesus reborn <laughs> April 9th. Come and hang out with us. us and if you Jesus. think that I am above getting a Broad Street Hockey resurrected t-shirt. Like the logo and then say resurrected for all of us. You would be wrong. I am not above that. When I tell you that I strongly thought about making a flyer that had zombie Jesus coming out of the cave, but on his face was the Broad Street Hockey logo. I considered it. And then I thought, "Mm, let's not. I'm thinking of so many. I kind of need it in my life, please. Steph, you remember all the uh, Sons of Penn stuff that was like William Penn with all the coming soon and like we changed the jersey on him? Like I'm picturing all that I stuff. I sure do. I'm picturing all the like William Penn but like wearing a Jesus jersey. So I don't know. I'm, it's just it's just spitballing. Amazing. Just As you can see, this is going to be a very fun time. <laughs> That's <laughs> – I'll tell you. Every time we Jesus say – Jesus wearing a Broad Street hockey t-shirt? <laughs> yeah. Like – Every time we uh, we say the date of this event, I look at what the date is now and think there's no fucking way they have another month of games. <laughs> oh, How is too, this still going on? This is just... It's happening. I, we're here for you, fam. We're here for you. Uh, Charlie isn't. He quit. No, he didn't quit. He's, uh, <laughs> he's on the road you trip. Fired this- him. Yeah, we we booted Broad Street Hockey 2.0 has no time for Charles O'Connor. If he listens to this, he's going to be like, oh, good, I'm fired. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, I don't have to show up for those fucking recordings anymore. If you think that dude isn't just as fired up as we are to turn around and say, F you, Broad Street Hockey will survive, like, y'all are mistaken. Charlie. Charlie has some spite in him. Charlie's a broken man right now. 
he needs the he needs the he needs the end of this season he needs summer concerts he needs to get through he's just surviving right now yeah you haven't been here the last couple of weeks charlie's face like as soon as he pops up in this room is just like oh no he's he's so broken yes oh Uh. anyway yeah and we've got stephalicious d steph driver Yay! Hey, I'm back from a very, very long health sabbatical. My health is in the shitter this week and this year. However, not as bad as the Flyers. I don't care. I don't care that they're winning. I think that's important to state. I don't care that they're winning. They are winning. I used to tell people, like, if they were like, oh, are you a Flyers fan? I'd be like, no, I hate them, but I want them to win. I don't want them to win anymore. Like, I don't I don't know where my Flyers fandom stands, but it is, I don't care about them. I would rather die than watch them play ice hockey, and they've got no future, so why am I attached to this team? It's a really cool and fun place to live. Um, I do not recommend it. They've won five of the last, like, 20 games. I wouldn't exactly say they're winning. <laughs> Well, the game that I saw most recently, they won, and that's what sticks in my head because that's the object permanence level and, I have. And they've been getting them loser points, which is very frustrating. They have. Well, yeah, because they are losers. Since this loser since this downturn really started on January 19th, uh, one, two, three, four loser points. So you'd like to avoid those. They are going to finish between like fifth and seventh, so... They're they're going to be right in it. They have a chance in the draft lottery. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about the trade deadline in just a second. You know, get everyone caught up on that. Share our thoughts and feelings on this team that doesn't seem to have any plan whatsoever. But first, I want to cede my time to uh, the one and only Kelly Hinkle to talk about the season ticket holder town hall she attended. Mm. Uh, our, our, our person on the inside at this season ticket holder town hall, our mole, if you will, uh, Hinkle, what were your takeaways from the, from this event? Well, first I want to thank, uh, front of the pod, John, for inviting me to go. And his wife decided that she either didn't want to or couldn't. He was kind of like, Hey, do you want to go to this thing? And at first I was like, no, that sounds terrible. And then I was like, wait, it actually sounds awesome. Um, and then also, um, BSH fam Josh, who asked actually a very good question at the end of the Q&A that I will talk about. And he came up and said hi. So that was very cool. Um, Anyway, it was a very interesting experience. So I've never had season ticket holders in my life because I've always been a poor. Um, And I have once before gone to one of the season ticket holder focus groups, which was a different thing. It was like a smaller group where they just kind of let people complain for a half an hour with some free snacks. And then that was the end of it. This was a a much bigger deal. It was at Xfinity Live. There were at least 250 people there, which seemed like a lot to me, um, considering the state of things. And the first part of the event was with business ops. So they had Mike Shane, who is, I think, director of operations. And then... Oh, fuck, I forget his name. The general manager of the Wells Fargo Center, whose name I forget because I'm the worst. These two guys had to field a lot of questions from the season ticket holders about very specific problems that were... Okay, listen, we shit on the season ticket holders a lot on this show for being extra and, like, a little bit entitled. This portion of the event did not help change my mind about that it was just like to give some examples um so they made a section into the family section where i guess you can you know have your kids go i don't know if the tickets are cheaper it's like upper level in a corner it's called the family section if i like it because i know never to sit near there because i do not want to be around that many children at a hockey game um But, like, there was a lady whose season tickets have been in that section for a long time. And she couldn't understand why they would dare to make her section 
into the family section. And, like, I get why that would be annoying. But also, like, every section has a season ticket holder in it. So any section that they chose to be the family section would impact somebody that has season tickets. And, like, if you don't want to sit in the family section, presumably they would just move you to a different section. Which, like... Doesn't seem like that big of a deal to me, but apparently maybe it is. I don't know. If it is, you can tell me on Twitter. Um, Then there was a guy who complained quite a lot about how he used to enter off of Broad Street and be able to turn left. He's no longer allowed to enter into the parking lot on Broad Street and turn left, which has apparently made his entire experience complete trash because it takes him longer to get out of the parking lot. This was, again, a very specific stuff driver thoughts. In fairness, the parking situation I mean, it's for fucked. Flyers games it is sucks. so bad. It they totally only have sucks. like two entrances open. It is a nightmare. Well, that is absolutely to complain about. 11th Street, too. If you don't want to go in on Broad, you can go in on 11th. Go around. Yeah. But even then, they have a couple of them closed. Like, it is a nightmare. However, it's not great. turning left is not that important to me. Personally, considering how few people you assume are at Flyers games now, it's still kind of a pain in the dick to get in and out of there. I gotta say, the attendance has been better than you think. I have expected, yeah, Yeah, way better. Every game that I've gone to, I'm like, wow, there are a lot of people here. Anyway, sometimes um, it's all Rangers fans, but so let's get to. I'll stop talking about this part. This part's kind of boring. Let's get to the part that. Everyone has already talked about on the internet. I think it's very funny the the complaint the minutia complaints. Those are my favorite parts. There were a lot of them. Like one lady was like, "Why do they push the trash carts on the concourse during intermission?" Which honestly, fair question. They shouldn't. Um, but yeah, it was just, uh, that section. The business op section was a lot of like very very <laughs> specific. Fix this for me personally, kind of things, which I found funny. Um, the door, the doorknobs face the wrong way for lefties. That's always been a complaint of mine everywhere. (laughs) I I just, I just can't imagine personally caring about this kind of thing. Like, because like, yeah, the parking sucks, but like, you know, that going in. And also I would never expect that they would reconfigure the configuration of the parking because I said I would like to turn left. And now I can't, like, what what result are you expecting from that? I just, uh, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> so, Steve Coates is hosting this event. Coates, Which is funny because, you know. Because he's shit I can't imagine. Also, like, I don't know. Coatesy gives me a vibe where, like, I don't think he gives a fuck about the Flyers, really. Not, like, in any meaningful way. He's just hanging out. Having fun. Anyway. I mean, it's so, hockey on the radio. How many people? 11? Are there 11? I Listen, I am all for the radio. Work in it. Um, yeah. You can't. Hockey on the radio is completely, like, nonsensical. You have no idea what's going on. No, you're just listening to it so that you can keep track of the score while yes. you're driving home. That's essentially the, the short answer. Anyway. Go ahead. Yeah. So we have a little break. And here comes Steve Coates out on the stage to give us a little preliminary talking to. He says, listen, everybody, we're going to keep it classy. This, I feel like that was, that might have set people off more than they would have been otherwise. Like, had yes. he not said anything. Because um, immediately people were like, oh, fuck that. I'm not being classy. You can get, eat my ass. Like, I'm, I'm going to make myself heard here. So he says that, and then here come uh, Barry Hanrahan, whose name makes me laugh every time. Hanrahan! (laughs) Barry Hanrahan, uh, Danny Briere, and Charles J. Fletcher up onto the stage. There are a hearty bunch of boos, and Steve Coates marches himself to the front of the stage to... Yell at people generally, but also, which was very interesting, at some people specifically, like, hey, knock that off. Like, stop doing that. We're going to keep it classy here. Like, so. Substitute teacher Steve Coates. My entire body was like, like, I felt so much like secondhand cringe for Chuck Fletcher, who just had to like sit there and like take it. 
for a solid two minutes of people booing at him. That's awesome. I felt um, so bad for him. I just watching that, I felt so bad. He's rich. I know he's rich. I know, but, but like, like he seems like a nice enough guy. Great. He, he is, can go work and that's at the, the thing. Like everyone keeps talking about how nice Chuck Fletcher he's too is, nice. and that's why he can't get deals done because he's so nice. Like he is a genuinely nice human being. Then he needs to find another generous. line of work. I know. But he's I so know. bad at his job. Like you can be a really nice person and be bad at your job, yeah, and he is. And it sucks. Like, and that sucks because he's so nice, but he's bad at his job. You know what's not nice? You know what's not nice? His resume of never exiting the second round. Like, yeah. Yeah, so that's the thing. It was like, like, he 100% should have been booed by a crowd of people paying his salary, but also I felt cringy for him. Like, this isn't, it's Um, not even like an auditorium of thousands. It's like 250 people, like, hey, you, Chuck! Fuck you! <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's 250 people at a like, bar. <laughs> like, he very easily could have and probably did make eye contact with yes. every single person that was booing him. Like, that's, it's just, oh, unimaginable. Yeah. Could you imagine? I would, I would literally projectile vomit on stage, cry, and then walk away. Like, I think that would be my only response to that many people booing me in public. Like, I, I, I wouldn't know how to respond. It so, would be there would be a lot of tears though. Like I know that that would that would be the case. Some good job, Chuck, for not crying. Yeah, I, I probably would have cried. Some notable things. Um, most of the questions were genuine, generally just like, "What are you doing? Why is this happening? How are you fixing this?" Which, like, fair. Um, some of the notable answers, though, and that's when he they, started crying. Yeah, they referred to Barry Hanrahan as the team's capologist, which I was like, I wanted to be like, do you know about it? So he's the problem? Do you know how it works? (laughs) Yeah. So you're the one. Has anyone gotten you a a calculator? Like, are you, are you, because you're not, if you're the one managing the cap, like, buddy. Like, not. Right now. Right now, count to 82. Do it. Can you do it? No, I don't think you can. Because this is a major part of your job. So, like, I, 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 I don't know that I've ever heard of him specifically referred to as that. So, I guess uh, that's him. He's doing a terrible job. Good job, Barry. I like your name. Um, Danny Briere talked a bit about the transition from player to executive, which was kind of boring. Um, I, I think I've already decided that I hate Danny Breer as general manager, so I'm just like preparing myself. Uh, that's, he for that. might be Joe Sackick. I don't want to find out. Like, I, I want someone who I, I know. It. Like, I want someone who's who's good at this. Like, not someone who played for the Flyers before. I'm just over that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, the most interesting thing that came out of this, and I, I tweeted about this. So Chuck was talking about how they have this robust analytics department, how they've been hiring more than most teams. They started hiring people very early. Um, So it was this weird, like, trying to make people think that they're very big into analytics. Here's Rasmus Ristolainen. Yeah, I mean, we know for a fact that (sighs) the Ron Hextall regime didn't listen to the analytics department. We've been told that by well, Micah. I thought we were told. told now nah, they didn't listen to me. I thought we were told they listened on pretty much everything except one guy specifically. Wouldn't listen on Andrew McDonald. Who was the um, big problem playing 20 minutes a game as a first pair defenseman. But then Chuck Fletcher very earnestly and almost excitedly described the analytics department having built him a tool with which he can put one player in, like, say, James Van Riemsdyk, and then the player they're going to trade for him, or trade him for, I should say, and this will tell him if it's a good trade or not, presumably, I'm guessing, by the, the analytics. So not just vibes. Okay. 
am I crazy? But like, do we not have that? To, have we not like we sitting here hanging out on the internet pretending we know about <laughs> hockey? Have we not had those tools for like a decade? Like, isn't that like cap friendly? And like, sure is armchair GM. We have that. Arm, we have like, that. And like Dom's models and Micah's models. Like we we could do that part. And he was very like this fucking cool thing they just made for me. Can you believe this? And I'm like, oh god, this. I'm is, wondering this is where because we are. I did see that and I saw that he was really hyping it up. I'm wondering if they're trying to sell it. I'm wondering if they're trying to sell it to other GMs. In which case, this god is the bless. worst way to do so. I mean, if you're another organization, literally any of the other thirty teams or the Arizona Coyotes, um. <laughs> And the Flyers come to you. Yeah, yeah. I don't refer to them as an NHL team. Um, the Flyers. No, it's lovely. It's perfect. The Flyers come to you with a tool that helps you value assets and players. I am laughing in your fucking face. Like, oh, the thing you're absolutely the worst in the league at. Uh-huh. Oh, tell me more about it. Yeah, so so the last question was actually asked by um, our friend Josh, who listens to the pod, reads the site, so we love him. Um, he asked, essentially, I'll paraphrase, essentially, this front office has been run by the same people for the last 20 years, maybe longer. Why should we expect anything to change until there are new people? running things they kind of danced around that answer of course um but it was really nice in my opinion that a broad street hockey fam asked legitimately the best question of the entire session um it was pretty much just like well we think we have smart people like we're bringing in new people it was like a bunch of bullshit um but yeah it um I will say that I did not leave that little sesh with Chuck Fletcher and Danny Briere feeling any more confident in the state of this team than I went going into it. In fact, it might have been a little bit worse. Um, but yeah, I uh, Chuck's just out of his depth. He's not, he can't do it. He just can't. No. <clears throat> and, and Charlie made an excellent point on Twitter, and I think it was also in an article that he wrote, that this isn't what Chuck Fletcher was hired for. Like, Chuck Fletcher was not hired to do a full rebuild. So, you know, he is being asked to do more of what the job is than he was fired for. However, if you're a general manager of a hockey team making millions of dollars, you need to know the basics of running a hockey team. And that includes making trades and making the team better. And he has not done that. Well, he has like, not made the team better. If he okay, he wasn't brought in here to do a rebuild. That's not his thing. All right. <clears throat> On the surface, I can begin to accept that. And then I think about his first full season in which the team was good and he did have a decent summer and we were happy with what was going on. And they go into that trade deadline. And they bring us Nate Thompson and Derek Grant. Alright. Uh. that How does that help? In what way did that prepare this team for a playoff run? Deep in the... It didn't. It was pointless. He just added a couple of guys because he likes Nate Thompson. Who... Uh, both of them stink. And then the following summer. He... Adds Eric Gustafson. That's it. That was the... Like... All right, yeah. if you have a bias for action, where the fuck is that? You know, yes, it's a damn shame that the Ryan Ellis move didn't work out. It sucks. But you can't, like, one guy, he's not Eric fucking Lindros. Like, we're not talking about Chris Pronger here. It's Ryan Ellis. He's a pretty good defenseman. You lose him, and now you're one of the five worst teams in the league for two years? Like, that's an embarrassment. So I, I know we're going to transition into yeah. the trade deadline stuff. Um, one of the things that keeps being brought up by John Tortorella brought it up. 
Um, apparently, Tony D'Angelo has been on social media bringing it up. Um, He's on social media? The, who knew, right? Um, this whole idea that, like, everyone needs to calm the fuck down because Chuck Fletcher really tried to move some assets <laughs> at the trade deadline. He really tried. And, like, I feel like everyone's... The people that say that are saying that in defense of him, but I don't know about you guys. For me, that's even worse. Yeah. That makes it worse. It's worse that he tried and failed multiple times to do this kind of thing. No, that's... I and tweeted... And, like, here's the thing. <laughs> Go ahead, Steph. I have... I've, I've, oh, do I have a lot of opinions on this trade deadline? But he tried to move JVR. Like, that was... That's the thing. He tried to move JVR of you know, former Detroit Red Wings fame, James mm-hmm. Van Riemsdyk. Should have kept him. Um, but I, I didn't hear anything about him trying to move other players. Like, why, why was he not listening to calls on Morgan Frost? Why was he not listening to calls on Carter Hart? Like, you need to make these calls. You need to make the difficult decisions to make the team better. And this motherfucker didn't do that. That's, well, that's did you the- see Sarah Volley's thing? Sarah Valley thing where like he and I think we all kind of knew this instinctively that the real reason it failed is because he waited too fucking long and oh, all the say. trades were happening all week all week long the trades are happening and he's sitting here with his thumb up his ass waiting for people to come to him that's how I imagine Chuck Fletcher sitting and so apparently all like earlier in the week before the trade started happening he's out here asking for like a second and a third for James Van Riemsdyk and his $7 million and two months of contract? Like, first of all, like, that would have been cool. But, like, mm, that's I not... just, like, especially after all the trades were made. Like... Once they started. Once, yeah. Once things started to happen, he needed to be like, oh, fuck, okay, how about a third? Like, even at Even at 50% retained, JVR and his nine goals... At three and a half million isn't all that exciting. Like his thing is goal scoring. Now we think maybe yeah. he's developed a little bit more of a complete game in the last two years. Uh, but JVR goal score, like that's his job title, and he does not score goals anymore. I don't want to pay someone three and a half million dollar cap hit for that and give up assets. Like, but it's to me, it's not about JVR because that was like. No. Who who gives a shit? You get a second, you get a no. third. Guess what? This team can't draft anyway. Those picks are a waste. Um, it's it's about what Steph said. It's about initiating any sort of plan. Like I don't yeah. know if you have to trade Carter Hart, but like it's an idea. It's something like the Kevin Hayes stuff. Where did all that go? Ivan Provorov. Ivan Provorov don't want to be here. We don't want him here. What are we doing about this? Like, there's uh-huh. so many other things that aren't just, well, I wanted to get a draft pick for JVR. Who gives a shit if you get a seventh for Justin Braun or whatever it is? Like, that is inconsequential. It's about what's the plan. And it's so obvious. There isn't one. Like, I got news for you. If you're hoping the NHL comes through, this lottery is fixed for Arizona. It's gonna happen. seriously. They're getting Bedard. We aren't. Like, our best case scenario is the one Charlie laid out where everyone's afraid to take Mitchkov, and he drops, and he ends up with the Flyers at six or something. Like, that's the best case scenario for us. Um, and that's assuming that the Flyers themselves aren't terrified of doing something that could fail and they take him, which I don't think they're brave enough to do. Anyway, like, regardless, you're, you, you're right, Steph. Like, that's the absolute I best know. case scenario. Um, well, here's the thing. Like, they have no plan. And it's so I, fucking obvious. Yeah. They don't know what I, to do. I, I don't, I can't remember if it was Charlie or Sarah Volley who wrote about this, but like Chuck had a window in January when JVR was scoring goals to try to trade him. Like he never seems to do anything in season outside of the deadline. And I understand that you do wait till the deadline for certain things and players on expiring contracts are one of those things, but that doesn't mean you can't try in January when dudes on fire try to trade him because you know you're going to try anyway. Um, I find it hard to believe that he did. 
because he's never done anything in a season before, ever. So I seriously doubt. And also, wasn't January when we were getting the five points out of the playoffs bullshit from him? Yes. I feel yes. like it was around then. Well, that's- so he probably wouldn't try to trade JVR then because he was still convinced that the Flyers were going to do something with themselves. When John Tortorella comes out and says the front office thought we were in the playoff race till February, like, I'm sorry, you were never at any point making the playoffs this year. If, when you never. won the first game of the season, you weren't in the playoff race. Like, sorry, you stink. And if you, like, take a step back to that question that was asked, like, the same people have been making the same decisions for our entire lifetime. Why should anything be any different? It's not. And it's yeah. it's the most depressing thought. Isn't, oh, they didn't get a pick for JVR. They're, they're going to screw up the draft. What They're not tanking for Bedard. It's that these people have no idea what it takes to win in this NHL. Zero. They've never figured out the salary cap. Whoever this capologist is, good job conning them out of a paycheck, bro. You're fucking, yeah. you're a hero of mine, quite honestly, Ann Rainer. I'm impressed, actually. It's like, well truly, uh, imagine having that job and wanting people to know that you're the one in charge of the thing that they can't do. Manage the salary cap. <laughs> he drew the short straw. Yeah, it's They're like, like listen, Barry. It's gotta be you, bud. Sorry. Barry's just some intern. He's in the fucking he's in the mailroom. They had to bring someone (laughs) up. There was a whole like intern there was a whole like survival games, and he's the one who had to go pretend to be the capologist. Like I it's I this organization is so ass backwards. Is there like the Arizona Coyotes are at least like gonna have a ton of assets and gonna have a ton of cap space and the league's gonna rig Bedard for them. Is there a team in the league in a worse spot? Than the Flyers? Like truly. Like I don't, take, I, honestly, try I to don't take a so. step back and don't be the woe is us Flyers fans. Like if you look at any team and the assets they have and the spot they're gonna be in over the next two to three to five years, there can't be a team you go, they're more fucked than the Flyers. No, because... So I'm thinking through, right? So you've got to look at our assets, and assets are the players. Um, draft picks, players, so prospects. Picks, right. Yeah. We still have Sean Couturier. Now, he may be dead, but no, he we exists... No, we don't. Honestly, I don't think In, like, do. some plane of reality, he exists somewhere. Amongst the he's multiverse. He's not going to be a one C. <clears throat> if he comes back, he's not going to be a 1C anymore. He's not Sean. No, like, I don't think so either. We can't no, possibly believe the guy who just missed over no. a year with a back injury is Sean Couturier Selkie winner At anymore. his age, no. Who's now oh, 30. Oh, totally, yeah. totally. So I'm just saying, like, he exists. Um, and then looking down. All right, so down the asset list, who is as valuable or who is the most valuable TK. left on the team? And the answer okay. would be, what was that, Kelly? It's Konechny, like Bill said. Yeah. Oh, Konechny. Konechny, Carter Hart, and... Hayes. Who who else? Hayes. Hayes, but the money is so difficult. Sarahim, Provorov, they've got some value. Farabee is a question mark, because you assume assume he's going to bounce back, but you don't know. That's like, in terms of... You don't know. In terms of a tradable asset, like, you can't trade Farabee now. Imagine no. if he gets, nope. you're getting, you're selling at absolute fucking bottom of the barrel value, and he's uh-huh. probably going to bounce back. <laughs> like, this yeah, is right. I'm just thinking through, no, like, I, who, I know. who I, we have, just... who's on this team that someone else, another team in this league might look at and be like, oh, you're a player, you're a player. And the the conclusion that I'm coming to is there are just so few hockey players, NHL-level hockey players on the Flyers that Chuck has compiled, nobody wants them. No one wants them. Well, yeah. it's Because it, they're just not talented enough and Chuck isn't good enough at his job to be like, no, this is a valuable player. It just doesn't work in our system. Who is Chuck like, isn't, he's not savvy enough to do that. It gets back to what we talked about early season, preseason. Who on this team is a first-line caliber player? Belongs, we have zero. Belongs 22 minutes a night as a forward, 24, 25 minutes a night as a defenseman. I don't guess have a one. you can make a case for Travis Konechny. Here's the thing, though. that's that That gets to, like, the... 
like on a on a mid NHL team, is Travis Konechny a top line NHLer? Probably. Like he he's a good winger. Like he you have a good first line center. Like yeah, okay, fine. But like, is he a, a first line player on like the Leafs or the Canes? Well, that's like. Or- uh, to Even me, he's a guy, the, like, he's a second liner. You play on your first line in order to make the second line even better. Like, now we get to bump one of those guys down and we have two <laughs> complete fucking lines, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, I, would I say, ideally, is he a first line winger? Probably not, although he is having a season in which you could yes. categorize him as that. But overall, For sure. like Kevin Hayes was never a first line center. That He wasn't brought in to be that. I mean... Like, we hope Joel Farabee is one day. He's not close. Uh, Ivan Provorov, I mean, by definition of the way they use him, but, like, what difference does he make on the ice? He has regressed. Like, yeah, his yeah, first three not. years in the league, it was like surefire top pair defenseman, no doubt. And he's done nothing but regress basically every year since. Uh, Travis Sanheim was never a top pair defenseman. I don't know, you know, he's signed for the next decade, thank God, but I don't know why. Um, like, Cam York, when they yeah. drafted him, was he supposed to be a number one pair defenseman or just like, oh, no, he's a good number two. So. You know, like, I, they don't have anyone. It's Carter Hart is the answer. And is anyone ready to trade him? Like, he's 24. He'll never. He turns 25 in August. Like, he's not near his prime yet for a goaltender. I... The pro the the thing is like there are other teams, obviously, that are in a worse place than the Flyers right now. Like right a now, much worse place than the Flyers. But if you look at every one of them, based on their tradable assets, their cap space, their picks that they have, their prospects in the system, the people running the team, every single one of them. You can see a path out of it. You can see a path out of it for Anaheim. You can see a path out of it for Chicago. You can see a path out for even Arizona. Like, if they ever decided that they wanted to be a real NHL franchise, like, they would be, they would be able to make it there. But the Flyers don't have a second round pick for the next, like, two drafts, right? I don't think. They do not have a second this year or next year. Yeah, so that's a problem for a team that's going to have to rebuild. Like, there's just, we don't have assets. We don't have players that people want. All of our good players, presumably good players, are on very unattractive contracts. We don't have any cap space. We don't have people running the team that know how to work their way out of this mess. So, like, what like, what's going to happen? And, like, in terms of relief coming, um, there really isn't any. Guys that are going to be leaving this offseason. All right, JVR, his money comes off the books. Guess what? It gets replaced so, by Travis Sanheim's. Um, no, but also, don't you think, I, I really think that if Chuck Fletcher it continues to be the person in charge of this team, he's going to re-sign JVR for something. Can't. Because they always, they always double down, though. Like they you did with Risto. They'll be like, well, we don't want to lose him for nothing, so we'll sign him to a one-year $1.5 million. <laughs> Some bullshit like that. Like, I really do think that if Chuck is the person calling the shots this summer, they're going to re-sign JVR. I can't allow myself to think that's a possibility. Like, I... I the only way it doesn't happen... No. Absolutely, it doesn't happen. 1,000%. Because... If they're Minnesota gonna say, they're gonna tries say, to bring him home, maybe maybe he'll just be like, nah, I'm good. But if he's not getting a lot of calls, I mean, the Flyers so, will be like, ah, The right, Flyers can't good. possibly... They're openly talking about having tried to trade him. Bill, I, let me, let me ask you a question. I think that there's absolutely Would a non-zero chance that they come back you? and they say, All right. we kept him because we didn't want to give up this much for him. He's a good player. For us, and we like him. Like I have, you can hear. There's, it. An, I can hear it. I can hear but them like, he say didn't, it. He didn't cost them anything to begin with. He was a free agent signing. Uh, he's mm-hmm. played out his contract. He has declined precipitously. Like he's, uh, mm-hmm. he, he's gonna be what thirty four in May. Uh, you don't bring a guy back like that to a bad team. 
No, you don't. However, there's nothing about the choices that these people make that makes me think that's out of the question. All right. Also, they don't think they're bad. Like, let's remember that. They don't think they're bad. They don't think the Flyers as a team are bad. They think the moves that they made are good. Well, then they'll go out and try to get a good player, like, which will also be dumb, but they'll try to get a good player. But anyway. so Yeah, get- remember how well that worked out with Johnny Goudreau? And not even uh. Goudreau. Someone who's better than JVR, which there is a plethora of players better than him. So, pending free agents. Oh, right, 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 right. Brendan Lemieux. Well, I mean, he's, he's a, just he's a guy a on an expiring contract who makes no money. Like, I'm well, just mad about it. Pending free agents amongst the forwards, JVR, Brendan Lemieux, both unrestricted free agents. Uh, Kiefer Bellows is an RFA. I imagine they let him walk. Uh, Noah Cates, they love. He'll be back. He's a restricted free agent. And Morgan Frost is a restricted free agent. He doesn't have arbitration rights now, but I think by the end of the season, he will. Uh, And then on the defense, Justin Braun, of course, he'll be back in some capacity. Why wouldn't he be? (laughs) And Cam York is a restricted free agent. This is going to be the exact same team, plus or minus like one or two guys next year. Uh, Like Couturier, Atkinson, Konechny, all under contract. Of course, Ellis under contract, LOL. Uh, Like, there's there will oh! be no change. Chuck did say at the town hall that Ellis isn't playing again. Oh no shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, he said like I don't think we'll see him back. Was I think the the exact wording. I mean, so he's not playing. At on. least wow, breaking at, news. At, it only took him eighteen months to come to the conclusion that we all came to when this happened. Like, oh, uh, there's there's no timeline, and you don't even know what's wrong, and you're only describing yeah. it as a multi-layered issue, huh? So his career's over. <laughs> like, Done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like, in terms of, we're talking about the path out, there isn't one, especially with current management, who will not be able to fathom the idea of trading Travis Konechny. Like, not be able to fathom the idea of what it's going to take to move Ivan Provorov and the type of return you need to get back for that guy. Will it shock anyone when Ivan Provorov is the Flyers' number one defenseman next September, October? Nope. That's the problem. Like, Oh my god, no, it wouldn't, the, but I'm oh, already so upset about it. it like... The only way any of this movement happens is if Chuck Fletcher is not the one in charge. And so far, there's been zero indication that the team is upset with his performance, which is curious. They're about to miss the playoffs for the third time in his four-year tenure, or fourth time in his five-year tenure, whatever it is. Even if you want to take out the first year. Even if you want to take out the first year. Now, there was no law against him improving the team in that time. Like, (laughs) he's brought in in December. He has plenty of time to try to do something. But no, but we'll we'll write that year off because that seems like a lot. Still, like, that was fucking 2018, man. Like, what are we doing? Like, where is this thing going? Nowhere. It's going nowhere. Yeah. And that's on the last my last few shifts on WIP. I've had the opportunity to be on from six to ten p.m. and I have openly talked about the Flyers and blasted them because I refuse to let them be comfortable and refuse to let them just go. Ah, no one's paying attention anyway. We can go hide in our little holes. No, get their any- ass. This would be unacceptable from any other team in town. Even when the Phillies were trash, we openly called them trash every single day. We made fun of the manager. We made fun of the moves. We made fun of everything they did, their attendance. We need to do that. We can't let, we can't let these imbeciles take the Flyers away from us. Cause I love the Flyers. Yes. And I'm gonna be here long after they're all dead. I will outlast them out of fucking spite. We can't let them take the flyers from us. Don't let them fade into irrelevancy as they're clearly happy to do. Fall behind the union. They are now the fifth team in this city. There are more union fans than flyers fans. At least people openly willing to admit they're fan of that fucking organization. Like, that's unacceptable. We don't like soccer in this town. 
listen, it's fun. This is this is precisely why we need a permanent primetime Bill Matz. It's to true. Hold the organization accountable. It's true. Um, but yeah, it, it it's just you hear that, Ava? She's not home. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's it it worries me because right now the anger is still there, but like. The next stage is apathy, and like we're headed there so quickly. I mean, and I know people say that they're apathetic, but I don't think that people are actually there yet. But they're gonna be. No, I yeah. Another here season. saying I don't care about the Flyers. I don't care if they win, but we're an hour into this show, and no, I'm like, still like shaking mad that I, they're so bad, and Chuck Fletcher sucks. I say I'm apathetic all the time, and then I start talking about them, and two minutes in, I'm fucking screaming. Like right. I'm not, and I don't want to no. be. It's my favorite I thing. I love the Flyers, and they have just broken us. Mm-hmm. It's, what can they, like, what one thing do you hope they do? Other than, like, say, it's win just, the draft. It's fi- It's firing Chuck Fletcher. Yeah. But even then. Like, I don't even want him in charge of picking the draft pick because, like, the Michikoff thing. Like, do you trust him not to be like, well... There's a 6'5 defenseman still on the board. He's from Minnesota. Maybe we'll take that guy oh, instead of the Russian <laughs> who might not come over. Like, like, would that surprise you? It would not surprise me at all. Nope. At all. Zero percent. Uh, very little would shock. Like, JVR He's resigning. Safe. We can't have safe, safe dad anymore. Resigning JVR would shock me. Pretty much any other outcome would mm-hmm. would would fail to be able to shock me. I, like, I... <laughs> oh, I hope I'm big wrong about the JVR thing. I hope everyone gets to make fun of me for even suggesting No, I, listen. I don't think you're big wrong. Any, I wouldn't be shocked. Any sort of incompetence, there is a non-zero chance of it transpiring because, like, they are incompetent. Uh, but, like, that one thing... They're openly talking about having tried to trade him. Like, how do you bring... Why would he want to come back, first of all? So here's... Yeah, but but this particular kind of trade is, like, framed as a we're doing you a favor. Yes. Sending you off to a good team because we like you. Like, it's not like a a fuck you kind of trade, this kind of trade. It's just like... I I don't think that's... Why would he want to come back? The team is shit. They're dog shit. Uh, yes, but also hockey players are stupid. We know that. Yeah, it's much. true. He doesn't want to like move. Moving. They hate yeah. moving more than anything. That's the thing. Like, if Minnesota wants him, he'll go there for sure. Because he already lives. But there. like, right? If no one wanted him at three point five right now, I don't know how many teams are going to be knocking. And if there aren't that many, like Steph said, he'll probably just be like, "Well, I don't want to move, so I'll just stay here." They'll give me. One and a half for a year. Like I'll gonna sign get a one-year deal and they'll trade yeah. me at the deadline. <laughs> yeah, that's the way. Oh man, I love. I'm this actually team. surprised that Justin Braun was not on the move at the deadline this year. I couldn't wait for Chuck to trade him away and then reacquire him. Again. I really, it really, it lowers his Braun percentage, and that we can't have. Justin Braun is the no. one thing we can count on year in and year out, and he doesn't even trade Justin Braun, the seventh so defenseman. Rude. Who he had to bring back. Uh, it's, I, oh God. What are they going to do? Like, say they fire. I wouldn't even be happy. I wouldn't even be happy or contented with a Chuck Fletcher firing. I, I need, I really need them to clean house. Like, I need all of the alumni gone. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. You need to get the fuck out of the organization. You stopped collecting paychecks decades ago for being a fucking flyer. Stop trying to manage the team into the ground. They can share the casket with you in a couple of years, my dude. But like... Jesus. Kelly, I know the face. I know the face. I said it. I did it. I'm sorry. I'm not talking about anyone in particular, but the team is dying and they are killing it. It is dying. You're not wrong. No, that's the, like, say they fire Chuck Fletcher. That's good, but it doesn't solve anything. 
Like, it doesn't really no. solve anything, because the next person no. that gets hired is going to be a former flyer or the friend of a former flyer or whoever. Like, I mean, Danny it is Bri- Danny Bri- it's Danny Briere. We when all it's, know it. When it's Danny Briere, is that going to solve anything? Like, do we know he knows what nope. he's doing? Like, okay, nope. he scored a bunch of playoff goals. That doesn't tells me tell me he knows how to find the next guy who can do that. I Like, what is... What is the thing Danny Briere is credited with that gives you confidence? Like when they The one thing that they seem to trot out a lot is the the whole thing where he took Danny Briere to the nerds and they showed him all the things he was doing wrong. Are, did I say Travis Konechny or did I say Danny Briere? Briere. Danny Briere took Travis sorry, he took Travis Konechny okay. to the nerds and they put together a whole bunch of shit that he was doing wrong on tape and stuff and Konechny went through it all, and that's why he's better this year. That's the thing they keep trotting out that Danny Briere did. That's supposed to make me think that he's going to be a good general manager. So make I'm one not, of them like the general thing manager. That the computer nerds did, not Danny Briere. Yeah. He took him to the room, yeah, though. Yeah, could we make he's, one of the nerds? He's basically a it was, Maybe it was oh, him idea. he escorted him, so yeah. that's his way. His idea, maybe. Maybe like, he's like, hey, Travis, I, you see I, to do something different. I know the Holmgren tenure didn't end well, but it started very well. And, like, Paul Holmgren was credited with several good moves and draft picks and player development, like, leading up to him becoming the general manager. Like, Ron Hextall was credited with a lot of what went on in L.A. and their young players and everything. Like, what is the thing Danny Briere even is credited with? I, I'm just, like... Uh, okay. Apparently, we'll see. the main the main Mariners were a, a well run organization under him. Awesome. I guess for how like how long though? A couple of years. What I the think fuck? It was just a couple of years. That's an ECHL team, right? ECHL team. Yes. Cool. Maybe so. Yeah. Making quite a jump. Yeah. Awesome. Quite a jump. Uh, does anyone want to read some of the uh, bail bag questions, and then we can be done? Let's do a couple that are like positive. All right. We are so just something fun that isn't this fun. idiot team. Yeah, so that we can end on a high note that doesn't. Why make is Chuck themselves. still here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the deal with Chuck Fletcher? Uh, where did all this? God damn it! Where where are the answers to these questions? Do we have any? I'm not seeing many. Did no one want to talk to us? Because I, I can't figure this we out. We represent the Flyers, and the Flyers are bad. No, people tweeted questions. Oh, here's us. more replies. There we go. Yeah, Twitter doesn't really work anymore. Ah, <laughs> oh, inconvenient right. for us. Is there any move? <laughs> is there any move at all Chuck Fletcher in this front office could realistically make at the trade deadline that would not be met with an immediate sigh from the fan base? <laughs> oh, bless. Was there what an angel? What an angel's ass that question. Uh, I mean, if he had traded JVR for a third, people would have been like, all right, that's what I expected him to do. That's Yeah, I'm not sure, to be honest. I don't know if there's There really is nothing he can do that will make people happy. No. That much, I know. I will say, it's like, the two guys he was able to trade were waiver wire pickups last fall. Like, they aren't even your own guys. They're guys you picked up I guess getting something for nothing is, uh, but uh, God damn it! Why'd you have to trade Zach McEwen? He's the only player I liked. Yeah, we, Unbelievable. we all like at the end of the day the Flyers step by step. At the end of the day, I don't care at all about the trade, but yeah, why? You know, growing my mustache back, growing my hair back out. Would I rather have Brendan Lemieux or Zach McEwen? It's not hard. And what are we doing with that fifth round pick? Who we find in there, because the scouts are the same scouts we've had for 30 years. So. I guess you can always just throw those into trades. I don't know. I guess. Whatever. Yeah, the trades that are just not happening. Yeah, maybe they make some. They're, I mean, theoretically, they could trade some dudes this summer. I just don't. Theoretically. So is it, who convinced us? Is it just the general hockey market? But like, who convinced us that trades at the trade deadline are reserved for expiring contracts? It's just how it goes because. A lot of teams just don't want to take term, but. Yeah. Some are starting to. It's an easy way for teams in a playoff push, usually to get a pretty good player for cheap. Mm-hmm. And like usually their salary retained, so like they don't have they can get them into the. It's like it's just one of those things where it's like 
a zero commitment way for a good team to bump up their lineup heading into the playoffs. So that's why it always happens at the deadline. Got it. Some teams I, I are mean, starting I mean, I to want to take some turn back. I didn't know if it was like Ron Hextall convinced us that this was the only way it happens. Well, I mean, especially the last few, the last few guys that in the job, uh, not maybe the most creative when it comes to these kinds of deals, player for player trades, or and yeah. uh, and also there's know, like the, I mean the cap the, makes it hard. Yeah, but like. Chuck Fletcher isn't going to do anything but the simplest fucking thing, and that's trade expiring contracts. Turns out, he's not even yeah. going to do that. Yeah, but he tried. Did he? <laughs> Look, Apparently. When I, when I wait till the night before to start my project, and then work <laughs> really hard that night, did I try? You know, did I put everything into it that, that I really could have when I was told months ago that this thing was going to be due <laughs> yeah. on this day? That's such a good analogy. You know, did I really try my hardest or did I just make it try to look like I tried my hardest? Me writing every paper in college the day yeah, is due. Exactly. I did try. I lost the tweet with the mailbag questions. It, you guys just insulted whatever. me as a student. Twitter reloaded. I'm upset. Uh, do we have anything else? Nah. No. All right. Uh, Come April- see us at the tailgate, April 9th. Yes. Also, we will be we will be at the Flyers, not wives, fight for lives. Flyers, carnival. Flyers Charities Carnival. Flyers Charities Carnival yeah. on March 26th. We will be there. We are going to be doing trivia. We're going to have prizes. We're going to be chatting with people. So if you are going to be there, come say hi. We might be getting some tickets to it to give away. I'm going to get belligerently drunk. Bill's going to be yelling at people. (laughs) I might challenge someone to a duel. Yeah, I'm going to challenge Nick Delorier to a fight. Can I we won't. live stream this? How do I get to watch the <laughs> antics that you guys are up to? Watch Bill get murdered at, in the concourse of the Wells Fargo Center at 3 p.m. Escorted out. March 26th. <laughs> How security. do we live stream this? I want to live stream it. Don't ask me We'll figure it out. Uh, that's a Steve question. Yeah, I don't know. That's don't a Steve know. question. These are Steve questions. Flyperbole will be handling the technical issues. <laughs> I am there uh, out of contractual obligation. So he doesn't get fined. Yeah, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Uh, is that it? <laughs> so we April 9th, we have the tailgate. Show up for yeah. that. Don't worry. There's a Phillies game that day, and there's going to be meat. So you don't have to support the Flyers. And uh, then the Flyers yeah. charities. Listen, it's for charity. That's Saturday, March 26th. Um, you know, it's charity. Have a heart. Uh, you can pay $25 to yell at your favorite Flyer right in his face. Boom. I don't think oh, come on down, I don't think you should do that. <laughs> yeah, really probably don't. I don't think you should, but you really, can. You I guess can. you can. It really doesn't fit in the spirit of the day. You know? It does. We're trying to do The some money good. is still going to charity. I am paying charity to yell at my favorite player. <laughs> I'm I am giving generously to tell Joel Farabee that he's the type of guy that would ghost me at the bar. Like, I'm still giving it to there, charity. There you go. Um, yeah, you pr- it, as long as it takes for them to sign your piece of memorabilia, you have that much time to yell at them. So do they, choose wisely. Do they still do, like, the dunk tank and stuff? Because I think people I think- would, like, if you could dunk tank Chuck Fletcher, this Ooh, thing would raise a money? trillion dollars. Seriously. I, don't, I haven't been to the carnival in a long time. Obviously, they didn't have it for a while. I've never been. Oh, it, oh god! It used to be so fun. I'll tell stories. It's about it's the still kind of fun. I haven't been in years. I've but been it was to fun the. I have a feeling that they're really after having been on a hiatus for so long. Yeah, they're they're really going to do it up. I think that it's going to be a lot of fun. So if you are on the fence about coming down, you should come on down, and maybe we'll have some freebs for you. But yeah. Uh, so that will just about do it for us. That is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for ha- hanging out. If you haven't already, you got to hit that subscribe button. Just search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts. Boom. Content, baby. Uh, yeah, that's it for Steph, for Kelly. Charlie will be back with us next week. My name is Bill Matz. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah.